Tom Zalat and I. I'm Mam Tepera Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, what day is it today? Uh, April 24th. It's a very special day. A very special April 24th. And why is it a very special April 24th? It's Saturday. What? (laughs) Genuinely, so like obviously we're pre-recording, so it won't be when this comes out, but also I forgot it was Saturday in real life. What day did you think it was? I don't know. A day. A day. We're outside of time. It's a a day outside of time. It's the land before time. It is the land before time, (laughs) and Littlefoot is here to help us choose the (laughs) finale winner of Munch Madness 2023. That's our special guest judge, Littlefoot, a definitely real person. (laughs) The actually real cartoon dinosaur from the Land Before Time series, Littlefoot. Mr. Foot. Would you like to introduce our competitors today, our finalists? Uh, sure. Uh, none of these foods are <laughs> things I've ever encountered, because I'm an herbivorous dinosaur from before the meteorite hit. Uh, I hear you guys had a natural disaster recently. Sorry about that. So, like, I think the two contenders are something called uh, pasta and something called uh, breed. That's right. It's pasta and breed. Okay, uh, tell me about these things. Sure. What are they? Because I eat leaves. So about a million years after you die, spoilers. Uh, what? <laughs> people who look like me are going to uh, start turning a special kind of grass into kind of a powder that they're then going to mix with water and turn into other stuff to eat. I'm going to be real with you. That sounds disgusting. It's pretty good, believe it why, or not. Why don't you just eat fresh grass? Well. Fresh grass is delicious. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> and that's little foot for you, everybody. I Thanks for coming. To, I have to go. I, I, see a, I see a meteor. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Save yourself. So, uh, Teffer, who are our uh, finalists today? Well, not Littlefoot. No. <laughs> our specialists are bread and pasta. We got uh, one form of mixing flour with water, uh-huh. and we got a different form of mixing flour with water. <laughs> now, and we keep saying wheat, but I feel like the pasta category has to include noodles generally. Sure. But sure. from the way judges have been talking about it, I think this is a, an encompassing noodle category. Yeah. And, and I mean, frankly, like, you know, we say wheat about the bread but the bread has also been you know talking gluten a little bit and talking gluten free a little bit right like we say wheat about the bread wheat about the bread wheat about the bread just wheat about it that's what i always say uh yeah so inclusive uh generalization we can talk about wheat but we are including 
other forms of bread and noodleage. Yeah, and because that's it, right? The 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 criteria here are entirely up to the judges, right? So whatever yeah. the judges think bread and pasta means, that's what it means to them. But like, I think we can include a rice noodle, right? Like, sure. Those are actually older than wheat noodles. Sure. Yeah, Littlefoot might be familiar with rice noodles. <laughs> Littlefoot's not familiar with anything anymore after that ice <laughs> meteor. Damn. Ice meteor. Sad there about go, that. Folks. Um, uh, <laughs> So that's it, folks. We're we're here. We're giggly. We're goofy. It's the finale of Munch Madness 2023. We've had a lot of, uh, I was going to say upsets, but actually fairly like solid seating matchups this year. You know, our finalists are both contenders who have been champions in the past. You know what makes me a little uncomfortable about this year's bracket? I've been trying to put my foot on it. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of like, like we should have had a little affirmative action in this process. <laughs> It feels like we've just had, like, two... (laughs) You're looking at me so quizzically. You know what I mean? Like, what's mustard going to do against bread? (laughs) Like, we're just sending sending David out without a sling here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about Munch Madness is that sometimes people love an underdog or an over-hot dog, depending on what you get at mustard. It's a Uh, condiment. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you know, you never know. But nobody's just slurping up a bowl of mustard for dinner. I mean, Toby used to eat bowls of ketchup. How different is it? Pretty different. I don't know. I like one better than the other, and it ain't ketchup. Do you? Do you, do you? <laughs> All right. Sorry, it was a typo. So bread versus pasta. Pasta yeah. versus bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, two go into the ring. One comes out. This is a fight to the death. It is. One of them will die literally and the you other cannot eat it anymore no exactly whatever loses it's lent for this year exactly and the, that's fun and the other will be guaranteed a spot in next year's tournament it'll get bragging rights and we will dedicate a bunch of extra content to it in 2023 uh both of them have won before you know this is the first year we're gonna get a repeat champ i'm excited about it how are you feeling about it i'm sure it'll be fine <laughs> How many times can I talk about how flour, water, and time make something nice? Like, how many times can I do that spiel? And we might have to find that one out. Um, We might have to find that one out. Um, I do love pasta. I would be excited to do a whole bunch of pasta content this year. So I think if I were a judge, uh, that's how I would vote in my chambers. That's how judges vote, right? They have chambers. They go to their chambers. They well, go to I their mean, chambers. All our judges phoned in remotely, so sort of, you know? I, like it judge, also go to my chamber. Yeah. <laughs> um, and contemplate grains. Either way, these are these are heavy hitters. They have a broad amount of content. They have a large body to explore. We can be like John Mayer in the wonderland of bread or pasta. <laughs> Sure. He wrote Your Body is a Wonderland, right? He sure did. Uh, Bread got here by defeating a bunch of heavy hitters. First, it took out burgers in the first round. <laughs> then it knocked out last year's semifinalist coffee. <laughs> Once again, uh, an upset that for me is an upset and for you, I think, was expected. I expected it. But of the two of them, I mean, honestly, depending on the day, both of them will upset sure. my tummy. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fair enough. And speaking of upsetting our tummies, bread then went to the semifinals and took out hot sauce to get here. How about pasta? How did uh, how did pasta get to the top? Yeah, so pasta first took out uh, something else with a similar vowel and consonant structure, salsa. Sure. It's a stretch. Then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then in the second round, it knocked out supreme green rice, which I think a lot of people were upset about. That was... I have gotten... 
Like, I have gotten angry feedback. People are mad. Yeah. People people are pissed about rice. Uh, it's been suggested to me that it's a racially motivated <laughs> upset. Um, that's probably the most controversial ruling we have had this year. Yeah. And the, the people are mad. <laughs> Every every time that rice loses to pasta or or any other like similar staple grain in one of these tournaments, I'm like, we just didn't get the judges who wanted rice because there's yeah. always just as many people who write in or or tell us afterwards that they wish rice was still in the tournament. Yeah, and one year eventually rice will make it. Rice will get there one day because I I just don't see how it's possible frankly that it hasn't yet it's probably the most popular grain right yeah. like it's, it's definitely the most popular loser yeah. in all of our tournaments yeah like it has gotten far every single time it is always the one that people are mad didn't make it mm-hmm. it's like it's the it's the the audience favorite underdog i guess yeah, and all I have to say, folks, if you're mad about Rice not winning, um, now is the time to start figuring out how to infiltrate Munch Madness and uh, uh, bribe the judges and, you know, see your grain crowned winner. Yeah. Because it would be fun to do a year of Rice content. I totally. would enjoy that. That's the thing. Like, I'm super stoked on Rice. I would be happy to have it in the tournament every year. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you can figure out our judge panel before... <laughs> Munch Madness starts, please let me know, because we never do. No. Um, <laughs> and you can bribe them to vote for rice. There yeah. There you go. Exactly. That's the solution. Bribery. How else do you do collusion? Exactly. <laughs> if you care about who wins in an election, a little bit of shady stuff has to happen behind the scenes. Start campaigning for rice now. You know what I'm going to say? Mm. I'm going to say this. For next year, Munch Madness, if you want your grain to win, your food to win, um, campaign for it. Go ahead. Go on social media. Create posters. Convince people. Yeah. Tell people why you want it to win. Uh, you know, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, it's you're true. You're allowed to campaign for your favorite food. Yeah. Nobody is stopping you from putting up a sign in your front yard that says Rice Gore 2024. <laughs> On that note. So anyway, here we are. We've got bread. We've got pasta. We've got judges who have definitely not been bribed. No, um, no. Let's see what happens. Here we go. So judging the final today, we have Julian McKenzie. Uh, Julian McKenzie is a sports journalist, but frankly, if you're listening to this show, you should know who he is already. Julian, thanks so much for coming on again. Thanks so much for, for having me. It's an honor to be able to judge food. Are you ready to judge not just on Munch Madness, but the Munch Madness finale for 2023? This is a lot of responsibility being put on one person. I am all for it. It is, but we trust you. We trust your judgment, Julian. We trust you to make the right choice for the people. Ooh. Oof. Oof. Like, I, do you hear that? You hear that heartbeat there? Like it's, whoa, With great whoa, power comes so great pressure. responsibility. I'm basically Spider-Man. You're basically Spider-Man. Now, as you probably know already, 2023 has turned out to be the Battle of the Starches. Uh, we have two champions in the ring. Pasta was our first champion in 2020, and this year climbed from the right-in division. So it wasn't in the champions division, it was in the right-in division, to the very top. Bread is our defending champion from 2022. It knocked out everyone else in the champions division on its way up here. We have these two fighters in the ring. Julian, who do you think comes out on top? Here's the thing. Bread 
great foundation. You can use it for appetizers, sandwiches. Uh, you can crush them up into breadcrumbs. They're a very versatile food. Uh, my pick just goes to pasta just because it's a very efficient dish. Uh, there's obviously different variations of pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love making pasta for myself, uh, whether it's just, you know, uh, your like, again, the va- variations, your fettuccine Alfredo's, mm-hmm. your typical spaghetti and meat sauce, uh, meatballs, if you prefer. I sometimes like to do spaghetti and then have shrimp on the side, you know, or you know, on top, you know what I'm saying? Do a little something with cool yeah, with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I think pasta is such a great dish and you could, you could literally, you could, I'm literally like in a couple hours, I'm going out to a pasta place like that. You can go to pasta places. Like how often are you going to restaurants purely for bread? I mean, yes, you can go for sandwiches, but like you're not necessarily going for it because like the ciabatta bread is not the full cell. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's part of the cell. Mm-hmm. But it's everything inside it. The pasta, like, you know, it's 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 all it's all those different types of pastas that would entice you. I, I think that's an easy pick for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really loud and clear over here from Julian, a vote for pasta. Now, Julian, what is the mm-hmm. last way that you had pasta? So I went for about three weeks or so as best as I could where I tried not to eat meat. So I made a pasta with this uh, veggie chili sauce, essentially. Um, The pasta itself was fairly basic in terms of just basic spaghettini, you know, boiling Mm -hmm. it, uh, Mm -hmm. using your butter and stuff and making sure it tastes good. Uh, The chili, well, actually, it's kind of tough to say chili. I'll just say meat sauce because I didn't have Mm -hmm. beans. Actually, I think it was the same brand as those like impossible meats. Essentially, okay. it's the same substance. Uh-huh. Um, so I just had that and, and added meat sauce and, and chili powder and uh, put that in my slow cooker, let that cook for a couple of hours and uh, just add that on top of my pasta. Pretty basic, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, as someone who uh, was trying their best to not eat meat for a little while, mm-hmm. I, 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 I still liked the idea of having uh, substitutes and uh, I didn't want to cut out uh, having pasta uh, during that stretch of time, so that's that's the last time I that's the last way I had it, from what I remember. That sounds great, honestly. And yeah, like you don't want to cut cut out your spaghetti bolognese, right? Like that's no. that's a classic meal. Nah, I didn't want to do that. I think no. I tried making that a couple weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for different variations of mm-hmm. pasta recipes. Mm-hmm. Kendallin, who is uh, a big supporter, yeah, she tried to send yeah. me a fettuccine alfredo recipe. A couple years ago i don't know if i ever really got to try it but i know that happened that that was cool uh so yeah you can't really go wrong with pasta man you can't really go wrong with with that recipe you can't really go wrong with that type of food yeah listen i'm not gonna fight with you on that now you're going to get pasta tonight what are you gonna order tonight or what are you leaning towards i guess that's kind of a, a question to ask when you have a menu in your hand but yeah i i feel like i'm gonna have to pull up the uh so the restaurant i'm going to is a place called 10 foot henry where um it's uh that's just the name of the place it's actually like just the times like this i remember you live in alberta (laughs) yeah right um and they have all these different pastas uh last time i went there i had a um i had the tripolini which had uh tomato bacon basil i'm trying to remember all the ones i had Mm -hmm. uh and just i like the consistency of the pasta it was really good uh the tagliatelle 
mm-hmm. I was hanging with a friend that night, and they had the tagliatelle, and that was actually really good. And that has kale pesto, pistachio, grana padano. I'm literally just reading off the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they also have like other like fish and meat stuff, and yeah. and other vegetable dishes. Essentially, like it's a it's a nice quaint place uh, nice. to you know take either you know a friend with you or someone special or something like that. I don't know. It's a it's a cool spot. Yeah. Man, I love pesto. Pesto's Ugh. cool. Pesto's underrated. I yeah. mean, you could put that on bread too, technically, but like you could put that on but pasta with pesto is really good. So for me, like I never knew that people used pesto not on pasta. Like for me, pesto goes on pasta. And then I think when Tom and I started dating, I found out that they had never had pesto on pasta and in fact had mm. never considered pesto on pasta. Mm. And I was like, what? Um, so you opened their mind. Yeah, well, and they opened mine as well, but, like, just, like, it is the traditional way to have it is on pasta, and it's just so good. Oh, man. (laughs) So good. It is good. It's good. Uh, I still prefer my meat sauces, but pesto is a a worthy alternative. Uh, You got to have my pesto sometime. It'll change your mind. Yes. Of course. (laughs) I'm making bold claims here. Oh, my Uh, God. No. None of that. All right. Well, you know... That was pretty direct, but I think we got there. All right. That's good. I'm good with that. Uh, You know, always good to be direct, but also even in a brief moment, uh, catch up with uh, you. And, uh, you know, I'm sure next time uh, when Tom's not busy with uh, the the kids, we'll uh, we'll be on an episode together as well. That would be really Uh, fun. I would like that. It's been a while since uh, Timothy and I caught up on, uh, on any type of podcast form. Yeah, yeah, I just worked from home today, so they get to lie on the couch, and, and I'm doing the interview. <laughs> wow, we could have done both. True, good point, good point. Is there anything you want to plug before we sign off? Follow me on Twitter at JKA McKenzie, M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, and uh, enjoy all the sports stuff I tweet about, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that's basically the big thing. But also, uh, big up to uh, Tefra and Tom for continuing uh, No Bad Food and, and just, you know, just the, the, the fact that we were all coming together as, as podcasters and seeing where we're at now in our lives and the fact that we're still able to connect with each other is still really great. So really proud of you both. Thanks, Julian. And yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Julian uh, was on our network when it was an itty bitty baby network before we joined with Podcavern and has been with us from the beginning. Um, So it's always it's always special to have you on. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Our next guest judge here on the finale of Munch Madness 2023 is Sophie Lane, singer, songwriter, birthday, badass, uh, part-time party princess, and so much more. Sophie, first off, happy birthday. Second off, thanks for phoning in to be one of our guest judges. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I am so underqualified. It's not even funny, but I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) Listen, do you have strong feelings about food? Absolutely. Do you eat food on a daily basis? Yeah, when I'm doing well. (laughs) Then you are more than qualified. Hell yeah. (laughs) I also worked in a kitchen for one summer in high school. Hey, there you go. That's more than most people, honestly. Okay, sick. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for doing this on your birthday also. Yeah, happily. What else am I going to be doing? 
All right, so let's get this party started. You know why you're here. You have a very, very important job today, and that job <sighs> is to help us decide who our champion is going to be this year. So uh, this is crazy. Our finalists are both returning champions. One is our returning champ from last year, Bread, and the other is our returning champ from the very first season of Munch Madness back in 2020, the first year that COVID happened when we did half of this tournament in person, and then all of a sudden the world went to shit. Pasta. Uh So uh, between pasta and bread, which one do you think deserves to be the first repeat champ? So it's complicated, right? (laughs) <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're siblings right i've been giving this a lot of thought mm-hmm. um they're they're sort of like if you blended up pot uh bread then you could make pasta but if you blended up pasta you couldn't make bread um is this how this works <laughs> because i'm getting very detailed um <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not exactly um yeah i don't know what that means in terms of which one should win but i'm leaning towards bread because i think bread is like a purer form of gluten than pasta i think pasta is uh and i'm sure many chefs are gonna call you and give you uh hate letters but uh i i don't know i think i think that bread is pure and bread is as old as can be (laughs) i don't really know the history also bread just makes me feel a different way than pasta uh pasta is really great um but bread like could be served all on its own um, and pasta always has like a sauce or toppings um, to make it a powerful food, but mm-hmm. bread is already so powerful all on its own. Okay, okay. So we're going for the the purity argument here. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, like, because your first point there about like, you can crush a bunch of bread and turn it into pasta, but you can't crush a bunch of pasta and turn it into bread. <laughs> Not my strongest argument ever, but yes. But I, I think I see where you're going with it. But I, I would honestly argue that like with both of them, they can be compressed and then reshaped into each other. You know, there's a there's a, a, a pliability, a malleability. I don't know what the word is for it, but there's a you're right that they are like just different forms of a very similar concept. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there's something valid to to this thing of like fresh pasta. I would eat fresh pasta on its own, but it's not the same as fresh bread right and i think it comes down to like baking versus boiling <laughs> like right. something freshly boiled is never going to be as exciting as something freshly baked exactly and i don't know why that is because uh i i don't really bake that much and i don't know the science behind it so i can talk about it like it's witchcraft um, okay please I think do there's something <laughs> magical about the oven that the stovetop just can't compete um, anything made in the oven is is inherently magical and you get compliments on it if you bring it to a party. If you bring just like loose pasta to a party, they'll be like, what are you doing? Um, they might fake it being excited and they might try to top it with something, but that would never happen with bread if you right. brought that to a party. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So there is actually a science to this. Uh, do you want to know about it? Cause I, I absolutely. Can... Are you kidding me? So I'm going to go on the record as saying that I don't necessarily think that this means that bread is inherently better than pasta. I, I have a very hard time choosing in this matchup and I don't have to choose cause I am not one of the judges. Thank goodness. But on a scientific level, the reason that baking is more exciting than boiling is because of something called the Maillard reaction, which basically it's a chemical reaction that happens when you like burn something. Uh, and the thing that's burning is the like sugar content of 
the thing. And that just doesn't happen in boiling. I'm not, I actually don't know why it doesn't happen in boiling. I was about to try and explain that. I don't know why, but, but that's what happens when something like browns a little bit, whether it's in the oven or like it's like seared on a pan or whatever. It's that, that browning that happens is like a slight caramelization of the sugars in the thing. And it doesn't really happen in the same way when you boil things. So like in that sense, it makes a lot of sense to me on a scientific level why baked or fried stuff is going to be more exciting than boiled stuff. Again, I just it. on its I'm own. I'm a scientist. I'm a genius. <laughs> well, and I, I think, you know, you said, you know, magic. And like, honestly, it's a little bit of magic, right? Like fire is kind of magical. <laughs> and burning... You heard it here, folks. Fire is kind of magical. <laughs> and, and using fire to burn stuff and make it into different stuff is also magical. And that's not to say that boiling isn't magical, but I think that there is... When we eat, we don't just eat with our mouths, right? We eat with our eyes, too, and we eat with our noses. And something that's been boiled doesn't change as much as something that's been baked or fried. If anything, something that's boiled loses flavor. And doesn't smell like much. Sure, yeah. In my experience. <laughs> and Which, it, that <laughs> takes off, like, so many points. Right. Well, and, like, the best the best thing to be said for boiling stuff is that texturally it can make it really nice. But it's not necessarily doing the most for it in terms of the flavor, right? It's it's more right. just kind of, like, heating it through and and, in some cases, you know, thickening it, right? Like it does with pasta, where it gets a little bit, you know less hard and and more wet at a yep yep <laughs> softer and wetter that's what we're going for but but you know like it expands a little bit and it, it does get a little fuller but it doesn't necessarily like change it in the same way so i, I totally see it i i see i see how bread has that going for it in a way that pasta just doesn't yeah and aside from the two like the only other features are like the crust of the bread which is mm. so good and pasta doesn't have a crust if it did maybe it would be higher maybe it would be like more of a competition but i just think bread wins in so many different ways um and i do really love pasta like i might even make pasta tonight but um (laughs) just if i could have fresh bread right now i would sure yeah is that over pasta yeah i understand that i had a uh this almost feels like two steps removed from pasta while still technically being pasta so gnocchi which is like you know potato dumpling pasta love gnocchi yeah yeah so that already feels like one step away from like normal pasta right because it's like it's it's more of a dumpling it's more of a of a little like blob of potato yeah it's kind of like mashed potato pasta yeah but it's technically a pasta but then today what i had was um deep fried gnocchi ooh, with bolognese sauce and cheese curds Oh my gosh. Like a like an Italian poutine almost. Yeah. And that rocked my world. That and, sounds so good. And and having the gnocchi deep fried gave it that crunch. And I think I think fried pasta is maybe is maybe something I'm gonna have to do a little bit more in my life because like, oh my god. It's the future of pasta. <laughs> You're living in thirty twenty whatever year it is. Thirty twenty. <laughs> specifically yeah no but but that's it like i think there is there is something extremely valid to the like fresh bread fresh bread can't be beat you know i are there other people judging this specific uh face off oh yeah of course of course 
Okay, good. Yeah. Because I definitely want to hear what literally anyone else besides me has to say. Yeah, it doesn't just fall to you, don't worry. Thank God, the pressure was killing me. We're not going to put that on one person. In fact, okay. in the in the finals, usually, so every other round of Munch Madness, we have two guest judges, and then if there's a tie, we throw it to social media to vote. Uh, but for the finale, it is anticlimactic to not have a winner declared by the end of the episode. So for this one, we do best out of three so there will actually be a third judge as well um, okay yeah because uh i can tell you you are the second judge and our first judge voted pasta so we <gasps> have a tie no way yeah which means we will have a tiebreaker oh my god yeah oh i'm glad it's not me <laughs> <laughs> i think if i'm being honest i might have voted pasta in this one over bread <gasps> only because i think Oh, it's it's hard for me. Like I, I, I It's hard because I'm just so correct. Well, but, yeah, yeah, that too. That too. It's hard for me to disagree with you on your birthday. But <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> but I think if anything, like I eat both on a daily basis. But the one that I think fills me up more and ends up being more exciting for me is the pasta. And maybe that's just because the way I eat bread most days is toast in the morning and it's like good and it gets the job done but it doesn't like blow my mind right you actually make you make a good point there that i had not considered which is like what role does bread serve in the meal and it isn't mm-hmm. it isn't the uh <laughs> the center sure. usually yeah um, i mean unless you're having a really good sandwich right yeah and like i don't know it's usually like a uh a boat <laughs> <laughs> what's the word god i'm really uh crushing this um it's like a a carrier for other food sure yeah like tortilla or um non bread just is like carrying something else right but so is pasta oh no yeah well that's it right like the more the more we the more we talk about it the more impossible it becomes to choose right which is why it's always good to get the person to you know tell me what they're voting for as early as possible and then talk about why because because i can hear you starting to second guess yourself but your vote's locked in it's too late no i i second guess it but like but i still think it's better than pasta Fair. pasta needs to chill out and spread out more and that's exactly what bread is <laughs> and i stand by that fair enough fair enough yeah i mean i'm i'm torn like i said but i do think like anything that you could put on a pasta as sauce or as like toppings could also make a really good sandwich. Mm, true. Probably. Now, I think a lot of people aren't ready for pasta <laughs> in a sandwich. <laughs> but... oh, yeah, no, I think you're correct. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't feel ready for that. Uh, well, Sophie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your birthday to phone in and vote. I, I feel like your vote should be weighed heavier than everyone else's by virtue of it being literally your birthday. Like, you you chose to be here helping us judge this competition on this the day of the celebration of your birth thank you so much for that of uh, course i would i mean i wouldn't say no i'll always take extra credit um. <laughs> unfortunately i cannot because that is not how democracy works there is no gerrymandering no in, you're right you're right in Munch democracy Madness. comes first <laughs> that's it there there is no bad food but there is bad ways of counting votes and gerrymandering is one of them hot take <laughs> sophie do you have anything you want to plug anything you want people to check out any projects that you think people need to know about now is your chance also Mm. social media accounts etc well as always you can find me on spotify my ep dropped last time i was on the show um 
in August and is still there and will remain to be there. It's called Medicine. Um, I'm also in a band called Something at the Bottom of the Lake. We'll be playing shows this summer in Montreal. Um, you should come and uh, check us out and find us on Instagram at Something at the Bottom of the Lake Band. Um, and I will also be working on a special project at the uh, Fringe Festival in Montreal this summer, but it has not been announced yet. But uh, stay tuned on my Instagram for more details. Awesome. And your handle again for everyone to uh, go follow you? It is at Sophie Lane Music. Simple, to the point, just like Brad. Easy, breezy, beautiful. <laughs> just like Brad. <laughs> Easy, breezy, beautiful, Brad. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks again and happy birthday again. Thank you so much. It's a tie. Boy, howdy. Zingo bingo. Bazonga. We're bringing the bazongas in. Uh, I bring them everywhere I go. <laughs> Same, frankly. Um, <laughs> I, I am of two minds here. I am one of the mind that it would be convenient and exciting to have a, a unanimous vote in the finale, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and also that it feels right for there to be a tie between the two returning champs you know absolutely that being said we do need to break this tie and now in past rounds of munch madness we've always just thrown it to social media to do tiebreaker votes Mm -hmm. but it feels like it would be extremely anticlimactic to do that on the finale so we are calling up a third guest judge to break the tie and this guest judge has not been informed that they are the tiebreaker oh my god is it littlefoot it is not littlefoot it is in fact someone whose feet are probably not little i don't know <laughs> in the <laughs> tell day us in, what size your feet are i i say this just because they are a grown-up basically <laughs> as opposed little to a child is a dinosaur yeah but he's a small dinosaur isn't the whole thing about how big <laughs> are little feet he's, he's a brontosaurus how big are little foot's feet <laughs> let's find out little foot's feet how big was little foot how big is a young brontosaurus i mean i think if the adult is 20 meters the it's a good guess that the young one is like five meters yeah yeah probably that's probably bigger than our guest judge's feet probably yeah probably yeah anyway how big are jesse thorne's (laughs) feet here's a quick google search he he has at some point been about six feet tall according to a tweet so i'm gonna guess his feet are probably around the same size as mine and probably still smaller than the dinosaur's feet. So as you may have gathered, our third <laughs> tiebreaker judge is a podcaster extraordinaire, Jesse, Jesse Thorne. Thorne. I knew we would need a third guest judge for this episode, so I hit up Jesse, and he was very kind to phone in and talk to us and cast a vote. I didn't tell him it was a tiebreaker, so he does not know, or did not know at the time of recording, that his vote had basically all of the weight in the world attached to it. Wow, that's going to hit him like a meteor. I know. (laughs) An ice meteor. (laughs) So uh, before we hear Jesse's verdict, let's do a little bit of mid-roll things, huh? How do you feel about some mid-roll? I feel good about the (sighs) mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe. Don't you want more of this content on whatever platform you're listening on? So that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend who really likes Land Before Time or Bread. For every new rating and review we get during the month of April, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're basically donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. 
There's literally no other way to turn zero into six like that. So uh, if that math is exciting for you, get your butt over to, to the to the reviews and do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. We are still trying to grow our Patreon to reach our $50 a month goal. What are we at right now? We're close. We're at $42 Canadian per month out of 50 or 31 American out of 50. Whichever 50 Patreon is considering as the 50, uh, we're trying to hit it. So mm-hmm. in either case, we're very close. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, really just a couple more patrons could get us there or a little bit of upping your your pledge if you're already a patron. When we hit $50 a month, we will be launching the No Bad Food Recipe Club, where each month we'll post new recipes for you to try and share with your friends and family. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, please consider joining up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Do it. We really, we're, we're very close. Next week is our 100th episode, you know? Wouldn't it be fun to have $50 in support by our 100th episode? It might even be more fun to have $100 in support by our 100th episode. But it would like... be super fun to have $100 <laughs> of support by our 100th episode. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Why do I say... This is like, you're like an Animal here. Crossing character who's been programmed to say boy, howdy. <laughs> Please change my programming. I gotta wait until you randomly prompt me for it. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, okay, I'll work on that. In the meantime, maybe a fetch quest? Could you please go get me a pair? A pair of hats from our merch store yes that's exactly what i meant perfect i will get a pair of hats from our merch store and give them to the cat with the two different colored eyes and the glasses that everybody likes boy howdy (laughs) if you want a hat or an apron or um oh you know what get a hat and put it on your cat and send us a photo (gasps) send us a cat hat 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 Um, photos get an apron and put it on your child and send us a photo uh get a shirt and put it on your hot bod and send us a photo listen there are worse things to do than dress your sexy self in our merch. Get yourself some merch and then post a sexy selfie with hashtag no bad food thirst trap. There we go. You can be the next item on our menu. <gasps> be the next <laughs> face of no bad food. Oh boy. Go All to our merch right. store. The link's in the description. Should we find uh, out Shall we put an end to this? Yeah. Let's put an end Let's to this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here's Jesse, Jesse put Thor. us out of our misery. Help us. Help us. Bailiff, please. So our next guest judge here on the No Bad Food Munch Madness 2023 finale is the host and producer of Bullseye and Jordan Jesse Go, founder of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and uh, haver of a fantastic mustache, and of course, eater of food. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be here today. The one, the only, Jesse Thorne. Thank you so much for joining us on No Bad Food. Did my publicist not tell you that I'm an eritarian? All right, editor, can you... You're yeah, gonna, go you're ahead gonna take and take that out later. Yeah. Can you go ahead and yeah? Perfect. We're gonna we're gonna take that. Thank out you for first. having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. This is very exciting. Uh, so obviously you know why you're here today. You know the the task at hand. It is a very important one. Maybe at the very least, it's big. Uh, you're here to help yeah. us decide the winner of Munch Madness 2023. Are you ready? Are you are you feeling are you feeling up to the task? No, I'm terrified. Okay. Good. I'm, yeah, completely overwhelmed by the prospect of making this choice, but I have made a choice. Okay. It's okay. one that I don't believe in. Okay. And don't stand behind. Okay. The perfect. A classic <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. You got to get that out of the way right now so that nobody who hears this can be mad at you. I'm going to go with bread. Okay. Justify yourself. But- but I need to <laughs> express my qualifications first. Sure. I need to start with the qualifications. Okay, first of all, on average, 
If you said to me, would you like some pasta or would you like some bread? I would say pasta. Okay. So my selection here, because, and I'll tell you the reason why. With re-pasta, I could go to the Safeway or the Ralph's or the Piggly Wiggly and buy a box of store brand dried pasta, and that would be pretty good. If I went and brought bought white sandwich bread of the store brand of one of those stores, no interest. Okay. Unless I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Sure, yeah. But in general, a little bit gross to me. Okay, fair enough. However, <laughs> that having been said, as much as I like fancy pasta, and I do, I do like fancy pasta, I think the difference between superb pasta, and I'm talking about the base product here. Sure. Uh, you know, if I'm going to count sauces, I might as well count sandwiches. But I think the the base pasta, the finest is a significant improvement over store brand dried pasta, mm -hmm. but it's still basically pasta. Sure. With bread, I'm a native of the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And as such, I'm very moved by good quality sourdough bread. Mm, of course, of course. In San Francisco and in the East Bay particularly, there is not just kind of like traditional San Francisco sourdough, but there is a sort of movement for quality bread that started in the 70s, mm -hmm. you know, sort of around greens and Chez Panisse and sure, yeah. all these kind of like basic high quality food places. That means that you can go into the grocery store and pick up nine out of 10 bread mm. easily sure, any day of the week in any grocery store in San Francisco or Oakland or Berkeley, uh, Marin County. And that bread, which I cannot really get <laughs> here in Los Angeles <laughs> where I live, is what I think about. I My mm. wife is uh, my wife is a little allergic to wheat. Okay. Yep. So we don't eat that much of it. And I don't think about missing pasta, mm. but I do think about sourdough bread once in a while. Sure. This is really interesting to me because I, I think that I'm I'm torn here. I love I love sourdough. I love, you know, a beautiful artisanal loaf of bread. I also love pasta, obviously. I work in pasta. Pasta pays my bills. And on the gluten free thing, gluten free pasta, really not bad. Gluten-free bread, eh. Yeah, I mean, I, the honest truth is that when my wife realized that she was how much less itchy she was when she didn't eat wheat, um, that's not to say she doesn't once in a while think the itch is worth it. But sure. um, when she realized and she, she mostly gave up wheat, I did not switch to the non-gluten versions of those foods. Sure. I don't, I'm not interested. Yeah. If... I can't eat chocolate if I because it's a migraine trigger for me. But um, if I could eat chocolate, uh, I I would say give me a gluten free brownie or whatever. Sure. Things that are dense and hard anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like yes, absolutely. But <laughs> bread, uh, gluten free, just no interest. I'd rather just I just mostly stopped eating bread unless I mm -hmm. like buy a sandwich at a sandwich place or whatever, right. and that was fine. You know, I I lived with that perfectly fine. And sure. I never even, honestly, never even tried gluten-free pasta. Although I guess like rice and stuff are perfectly good things to make noodles out of. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like with, with gluten-free pasta, like you can get flour blends of, you know, rice and just 
quinoa and potato and corn that that you know it it's ridiculous how many things have to go into it to make it good but you can get really really decent gluten-free pasta that's like yeah never going to be quite as good as the like legit stuff but totally gets the job done and doesn't taste terrible and like I have not had that experience with gluten-free bread, unfortunately. I like that we've already made a hard turn into the worst examples of these two foods. Well, 100%, right? (laughs) Gluten is the best part of these foods. It makes them them chewy and delicious. Well, that's it. Uh, Here's something for me about bread. Mm. I really like two kinds of bread. (laughs) (laughs) One is fancy sourdough bread. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I say sourdough bread, I'm not just describing the process of, you know, raising the dough. Sure. Uh, I'm talking about flavor as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like strongly flavored sour bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll eat, gladly eat a very fancy, just regular white bread that is, you know, a, whatever they call it, an artisan loaf or a sure. peasant loaf or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, that's fine with me. But what I really want is really sour bread in sure. a, you know, whether it's a batard or a, or a baguette or a sandwich loaf, I don't care. Sure. The only other kind of bread that I really care about is like the worst burger bun. Sure. Or hot dog bun. Okay. I don't have any interest in any amount of fanziness. <laughs> In hot dog and burger buns, I, I will literally go in there. I will look for something cheaper than the store brand because all I want is a like fluffy bag of sugar to put my. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't even want sesame seeds on sure, there. Sure, too much. Yeah. No, I. But that's it. That. Those are the those are the things I mean. Like I don't want to eat something with a bunch of seeds and nuts in mm-hmm. it. I don't. Occasionally something cheesy. Sure. But like in general, I don't want anything. I don't want a bunch of things going on. Mm-hmm. I like rye bread for certain sandwiches and stuff. But like mostly just I want to eat a hunk of sourdough bread with butter on it mm-hmm. or in like a salami sandwich, soup maybe. And then besides that, I just want to eat cheeseburgers with buns that cost 15 cents. Sure. Yeah. Lowest common denominator buns. You need the LCD buns once in a while. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. I, I think I, I'll admit that when it comes to my like sandwich bread choices a lot of the time, just for, you know, average use around the house, I sometimes lean toward a really busy bread. Like I like the stuff with like, you know, they'll call it ancient grains or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. But if you pile a bunch of crap into my bread and give it some texture, I'm here for it. But okay. I I, mean, I don't even, here's a thing that I got into on Jordan, Jesse go the other day that I wonder your opinion about. And it's a bread question. Sure. I was looking at Reddit and somebody was, this was, there's like a food Reddit for Los Angeles. Somebody posted some sandwich and it was like a deli sandwich, you know, an unremarkable but tasty looking sandwich. Sure. Someone else said, I don't understand why anyone would buy this at a restaurant. You could just make it at home. I buy things at restaurants that I couldn't make at home, which in general is a not unreasonable point of view. Sure. I mean, I don't I don't really buy steak at restaurants, for example, because I do love to eat steak. But even as a not especially great cook. I can cook a steak. Mm-hmm. Like I can put it in the oven until it gets to the right temperature and then heat a cast iron pan really hot, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. But with sandwiches, 
I don't make sandwiches at home. Mm-hmm. And I do sometimes buy them when I'm out and about. Yeah. And I think the reason is, and tell me what you think of this, Thomas. I think the reason is that you have to have such a consistent sandwich flow through your home to maintain the sandwich supplies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that unless you're eating a sandwich a day or have a family who are all eating sandwiches regularly, well, how do you know that you're going to have all the got to have some lettuce that you can shred or whatever. You got to have some tomato slices. You got to have fresh bread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that that's it. This is this is interesting for me because I I work in a pasta shop where I also make a lot of sandwiches. Like this is my day job. And okay. like the sandwiches are my baby a little bit. Like I I help retool the sandwich menu. I make like 90% of the sandwiches. It's my thing. I'm the sandwich guy. And I don't make sandwiches at home for exactly this reason that you're saying like I don't have access to all the stuff I want for my sandwiches at home. So like, yeah, I'm going to make sandwiches at work. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to a restaurant and get a really good sandwich if I know they make a really good sandwich because I know that the sandwich I'm making at home is never going to live up to that same level because of access to ingredients, because of access to equipment. Like I have an oven at work that I can pop my sandwich into for 30 seconds and it heats every part of the sandwich to perfection toasts the bread like melts cheese meats are cooked through like it's it's an incredible oven i don't have that here i have a toaster oven it takes like five minutes and does an okay job like i don't i don't have you know endless deli meats and a deli slicer i don't have like three different kinds of mayo i don't have you know various pickled condiments that i can whip up easily like you don't have a whole sandwich bar in your house unless you're living your perfect life, in which case, congratulations. So of course you're going to order a good sandwich when you go to a restaurant. Yeah, it just makes it just makes sense. I have been chasing a sandwich high for now 20 years, which is this. My mother went to graduate school at San Francisco State University. And I went to high school at a high school that was essentially on the campus of San Francisco State. At the same like, time? No, this was sequentially. So my mom went to grad school when I was like eight or 10. I went to high school 14 to 18, as most do. And uh, so I had a lot of time spent. Our high school was open campus. You could just walk onto the state campus. And there's a big student center at San Francisco State. And down in the basement, there was like a food court. And this being San Francisco, food was pretty good. It wasn't like, uh, you know, it's not like it was a Popeye's and a hot dog on a stick. There's a sandwich place. This is not a remarkable sandwich place. Mm -hmm. Just a selection of deli meats, a selection of cheeses, a vat of mayonnaise and a vat of, you know, two different kinds of mustard. Yep. And like, you know, sliced tomatoes, sliced lettuce, uh, sprouts, maybe avocado, right? This is what I want from a sandwich. But the difference is... And to some extent, you can get that just by going to the grocery store. And I support a grocery store deli sandwich. Sure. Go into the grocery store, get yourself. If it's even a halfway decent grocery store, it's probably going to be pretty good. And sometimes it costs $6. Right. The thing that I can't recreate here in Los Angeles, that I could recreate in the basement of the San Francisco State University Students Union, is I could say sour roll and they would give me something really good. Mm. Not because it was like self-consciously fancy, but just because the bar is higher, Mm. right? Like it wasn't 
junky. Sure. You know, it wasn't like a garbage place. Uh, <laughs> I used to eat sandwiches <laughs> when I worked downtown San Francisco. There's this place called Lee's Deli where you could buy a sandwich. I mean, this is 15 years ago now, but you could buy a sandwich for like $4 or $3. That was garbage food. Sure. But it was, you know, that's not bad. But like, you know, a Dutch crunch, which is a style of roll that's very popular in the Bay Area, but doesn't exist anywhere else really. Um, sliced sourdough, like sandwich sliced sourdough is available mm -hmm. as well. And like those kinds of, a place where there's just some good bread, some pretty good salami, there's not that much difference between sliced deli turkeys. You know, I'm not saying there's none, but sure, yeah. if you're not, if it's not the very bottom of the barrel, it's pretty good. Yeah. And that sandwich is the one that I could, I just couldn't do in my house because, you know, it's, I don't eat enough sprouts to have sprouts around. And it turns out I kind of like sprouts, yeah. you know? Well, that's it. You, you started telling me about the stuff you could get at this, the sandwich place in the basement and you said sprouts and I spaced out for a solid 30 seconds thinking about how good sprouts are. That's a testament. Yeah, sprouts are great on a sandwich and yeah. especially like a, especially a kind of a toothsome sandwich, mm -hmm. um, because they're 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 a textural contrast and they're a little airy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because otherwise you could just you would it would just be a little bit of a puck, you know. Right. Which I also like. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with a puck. <laughs> but you know, pasta pasta is the food that I, like I was a picky eater when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, until I was you know ten or something. Sure. And um, pasta was the food that I would always eat. So, you know, until I was, I actually made some pasta for my wife the other night and just you know some just like a, a tomato meat sauce mm -hmm. and what my wife was reminiscing about was when we were teens and or you know 20 year olds or 22 year olds and we would just eat pasta with butter and asiago cheese on it Ooh, sure and that was like what i ate until i was 15 <laughs> probably four days a week <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah. and that is so like in a way that represents the baseline of pasta to me. It's much higher than the baseline of bread foods. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Pasta is one of those things that is great as a daily thing. You know, it can be so simple and so satisfying. Uh, sort of daily bread type food. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pasta is our daily bread. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I think that it brings some comfort to this finale for me. Because I think... I've been having a lot of trouble with this one. Like, as a person who makes sandwiches in a pasta shop, this is a fucking impossible matchup for me to judge. And I'm glad I don't have to, because I'm just the host. That, that's why you're here. You're doing the dirty work. And it's nice for me to hear that kind of almost validated that this is a hard one, right? That That everybody has their reason for loving pasta and everybody has their reason for loving bread. I haven't had anyone tell me that they hate the one that they're not voting for. You know, it's just... You like one a little more than the other. Ah, oh, man, the the San Francisco sourdough thing, like that's that's a life, I'm, man. That's a life. I mean, it's like it's like if you're <laughs> if you're from Paris, France, and you and you like walk around with a baguette over your shoulder, right? Like it's it's a stereotype because it's real. I'm sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. Like I'm sure Paris is full of dudes in berets carrying baguettes over their shoulder, wearing those like maritime shirts with the boat necks. And, uh, I bet they're really happy cause I bet it's fantastic. <laughs> that's and that's how I feel about the, you know, there's even like a boudin, which is a, like a, 
a sourdough chain in San Francisco that there's like one at the airport and one at Pier 39 and one at Fisherman's Wharf, sure. you know, um, that no San Franciscan would like go to buy and eat. Once in a while, it enters your life and you're like, well, that's pretty good. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not as good as Acme or Tassajara or any of the many great <laughs> bakeries in San Francisco and, and the Bay Area. But you're like, yeah, but it's way better than what I eat in Los Angeles. Sure. I feel like you probably have a similar relationship with sourdough to what I have with bagels as a Montrealer. Where like, oh, yes. You know, 100%. Or as a, yeah. or as a Brooklynite has with bagels. For right. Sure. Well, that's it, right? Like if you live somewhere where there is a strong culture around a thing, you're going to have like probably like reasonably high standards for the thing but you're also going to just have a deep love for every version of that thing even the lcd version of that thing right like the lowest common denominator bagel where it's like a two dollar bagel that you can buy like a dozen of frozen in the grocery store that is nothing like the ones you get fresh out of the oven and it's like a little like denser and not actually that great but you still love it because it's still a bagel and like Thomas I admire that perspective I disagree completely <laughs> with regard to bagels I think the the gap between good bagels and bad bagels is so vast that it could never be that it could n- never be bridged I mean yeah I I, I don't disagree in theory but i still like every once in a while we'll have one of those like kind of you know bad bagels not that i believe that any food is really bad but you know what i mean like one of those like barely a bagel bagels and still enjoy it you know still at the end of the day go all right you could eat like a lenders bagel (laughs) like the kind that or like a thomas's english muffin brand bagel (laughs) from the grocery store and enjoy that i think with the right toast or the right the right toast the right uh i think toasted there we go with the right butter or the right cream cheese like anything is possible like it it i could still get a an okay eating experience out of the worst bagel is what i'm trying to say well i admire your commitment to the form <laughs> now don't get me to wrong to me there's there's like almost nothing better than you know my co-host john hodgman from judge mm-hmm. john hodgman lives in park slope brooklyn right and right around the corner from his office which is where i sleep when i'm in new york uh, there is a place called the bagel hole and the bagel hole is you know it's on a lot of lists of what's the best bagel everybody has their own feeling about what the best bagel is in new york sure but it's on a lot of the lists and it's there for a reason and uh i go there and every time i eat it i all i can think about is how much better it is than what you buy at the grocery store. Sure, yeah. <laughs> luckily in LA recently, <laughs> there have been like a couple of places that have opened that are like eight out of 10 versions of that. Like, you know, they're mm-hmm. like artisanal, back to our roots. You know, what if a Jewish deli was elevated? Like, what if we looked at every element of it and made it perfect and sure. the bagels are part of that? And And that works really well. Because 10 years ago and 15 years ago, there were only five out of 10 bagels. There was no good bagels in Los Angeles. Yeah, and and fair enough. (laughs) But like the big part of it, I think, that you're recognizing, and it's true for both of these foods, is that these are truly quotidian foods, Mm -hmm. right? These are the foods that, these are staple foods. This is like what we rely on. And so part of what you want out of these foods is for them to be available to you. So for you as a Montrealer, 
for me as a San Franciscan, like part of what's special about these foods is that they are there on the corner waiting for you. Yeah. Right. And so when I eat good sourdough, when it comes home with me from the Bay Area or whatever, I'll bring it and put it on my counter and my wife and I will just eat it. Right. And I'm not even talking about make sandwiches. Right. Like I'm just talking about every meal just has big hunks of bread in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that is, you know, that is what that is for. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same, like with pasta, if that is your lifestyle, I agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. Now, should we be doing this for our health? Open question. Eh. Cavemen didn't have agriculture. But yeah. <laughs> The same could be true of vegetables that aren't horrible to eat. So Yeah, exactly. Look, if it brings you joy and it makes your tummy go, oh, that's nice. That's enough health. You know, mental health is health too. That's a good you know what? I'm gonna bring this up with my dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Yeah. All right. So you're voting bread. I'm voting bread. In the end, I'm voting bread. I almost talked myself back into pasta <laughs> thinking about what it was like to be eight years old, but I'm voting bread. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for phoning in, for regaling us with uh, stories of bread and sandwiches and making me want sprouts. I have no idea if sprouts are seasonal enough to exist in a good form in Montreal right now, but I might have to get some like LCD sprouts in the next couple of days and make them happen. Can't you grow sprouts like on your windowsill? Can you? I have no idea. I, I think are... you can grow it like out of your your hippie compost pile in your backyard. I think it grows okay. on anything. That's promising then, because maybe maybe I can get them here. Chia pets are f- sprouts. Just get yourself a chia pet. Get yourself one of those Mr. T chia pets. <laughs> That's perfect. Make a sandwich. I pity the fool who doesn't have sprouts on his sandwich. Mm-hmm. Jesse, thanks again. Do you uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you so that they can hear more of you and read the things you say and listen to them also? Yeah. I host <laughs> three podcasts and... Each has a different purpose. I host a show called Bullseye. That is in-depth interviews with important people from arts and culture. I would recommend, not that long ago, we had Tom Hanks on the show. And had I had a very, I, I got Tom Hanks to talk about what makes him angry. I talk, got Tom Hanks to talk about the downsides of being charming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really great conversation. I mean, he's immensely charming. It was a great conversation. I do a comedy show called Jordan Jesse Go. There's just a bunch of swearing and vulgarity, and it is very, very silly and has been going for a long time and is very successful among those with for whom it is successful. It has won awards despite it's very like aggressively anti-content. <laughs> it's, it's really important to us not to do anything of consequence so it is a silly nonsense escape for those who are not bothered by swears and stuff mm-hmm. it's very sweet tempered i don't want to give people the wrong idea sure sure and uh john hodgman and i do judge john hodgman and that maybe is the one with the closest tone to this it is a mm-hmm. it is like a television judge show if a television judge show was about people who love each other who have very silly conflicts that are nonetheless real uh, like two brothers who bought a house together in Kansas uh, in order to save money. But the house had a hole in the wall uh, that was allowing bats into the bathroom. And they were disagreeing over whether they should spend the money to get the hole in the wall fixed. 
One brother wanted to fix the hole in the wall, Thomas. The other said, we bought this house to save money. We shouldn't spend $3,000 fixing this wall hole. We should just keep the bathroom door closed at all times like the airlock on a spaceship. Did they have multiple bathrooms? No, this was the, I think this was the only bath. I think that was like. Oh, no. So the idea was you'd always keep the bathroom door closed. And then you'd also always keep a phone book within arm's reach of the toilet. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> when nature calls. I guess if your options are using a bathroom that might have bats in it and going outside where statistically you're more likely to run into bats. Oh, God. Is the, is the, is the kitchen an option? I'm not. The people love each other. Another one was a mom who told who was telling her daughter that when she died, she wanted her daughter to smuggle her ashes into Disney World and flush them down the toilet. <laughs> And she was for real. The people love each other and it's a funny show, but John also finds the finds the heart and the feelings in each in each one and is very wise. I love so that. Judge John Hodgman. Beautiful. And if people want to follow your socials, you're at Jesse Thorne everywhere. Yeah, well I put dot this dot on on Instagram. Um I also have a vintage a vintage and menswear side of my muddled personal brand. <laughs> That is one of my favorite. Every once in a while, like I can't ever order things because my credit is a terrible nightmare space and I can't order things online ever. But every once in a while, I, I browse through there just for kicks because you get some cool stuff. Anyone who likes vintage things should go take a look because it's also like it's it's nifty trinkets as much as it's cool clothes. And I like nifty yep. trinkets, you know, I love trinkets. I'm about to go to Mexico City. I'm going to get me so many trinkets. Ooh, can't wait to see them drinks. Thanks again. This was awesome. Well, I appreciate the invitation. It's bread. Damn. It's bread. I wish I could say I didn't see that coming, but it was pretty much 50-50. You know, I forgot that Jesse was from San Francisco. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is prejudicial. This is prejudicial <laughs> judging, and I demand a recount. Yeah, we got to get an Italian in here. Get an Italian in here. When I told my boss at work about the finale, he was like, and you didn't want to get me to come in as guest judge? And I was like, with all due respect, this is a pasta shop. <laughs> we try to make sure that we don't intentionally get guest judges whose, you know, votes we're pretty sure we know in advance. Uh, I I didn't know Jesse was from San Francisco, or if I did, it completely slipped my mind. I knew he was from California, but like, right, you know. Right. And the San Franciscans, yeah. they love their bread. They love their bread. Maybe next year we need to just like pull judges out of a bowl. <laughs> Do people in bowls have culinary experiences? Sorry, I mean, pull judges out of a hat. Oh, like their names. Gotcha. Yeah, like their names. I didn't mean go fishing for judges. (laughs) I didn't mean go find all those people who sit in bowls and pull them out. Listen, you never know. You never Uh, know. Speaking of things that sit in bowls, uh, bread. 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 It's a bowl. You make it in a bowl. Yeah. You let it rise in a bowl, and then you make it, and it's crusty goodness. That's it. Uh, just like you, a little crusty, but so good. So good. Um, so crusty. So here we go. Are you ready to hear us talk about dough for another year? <laughs> if you don't want to just hear us talk about dough forever, um, start campaigning for next year's Munch Madness, folks, because... <laughs> I want to see those Rice Gore 2024 <laughs> signs on your lawns ASAP. I don't know why I chose Gore as the running mate there. I... Uh, 
Anyway. Is there, a, uh, is there a politician whose last name is Pease? Maybe it could be Rice Pease 2024. There is a politician whose last name is Rice. Well, that's the joke. Oh, okay. Wow. This, I feel like this is anticlimactic. It's a little anticlimactic. It's also an anticlimactic victory. It's kind of an anticlimactic victory. It's a, it's a, it's a champion who is keeping the belt. Yeah. 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 It's never happened before, which is exciting, but also... It's the champion keeping the belt. It's Bread is pounding here. his doughy chest, running laps around the ring and bellowing. Yeah. So Man, I think he just flipped a table. He sure did. Damn, he, look at him rip his shirt off. There's semolina everywhere. <laughs> he just knocked the pasta all over the floor. Um, okay, but real talk. We're going to do more bread content this year. It's very exciting. Uh, next week, we're going to have our 100th episode celebration. Woo! Q&A. If you have got a cue for us to A, put it in the C's. That is the comment. There's no comments on here. I don't know. Send it to us, Send please. it to us. Put it in the DMs. That's the, the oh, DMs. man, that was there. That was right there, and yeah, it would have been yeah, better. Yeah. Uh, and do then, do, do it again? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then episode 101 is actually going to be about pasta again. So, that's, you know, But uh, with a very special guest who also talks a bunch about pizza, and it's thematic and attached to an event. So, you know... Bear with us as we get to bread a couple weeks later. Uh, we will get started with our bread content ASAP. If you have a favorite bread that you want us to talk about mm-hmm. in an episode, if you are someone who bakes bread on a regular basis or makes something out of bread or has a deep personal or professional connection to bread, hit us up so that yeah. we can have you on the show to talk about it. Uh, or if you're just a big fan of a specific type of bread and want to like, you know, put it on the table as like, please talk about this. Let us know. Let us know. You know. And the way you can make sure that we'll listen in, I mean, we'll listen to whatever you send us. Yeah. We're going to take everybody into account, but we sure. prioritize requests from our patrons. It's true. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can give yourself a little leg up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really, really, really want us to talk about your, I don't know, babka. We'll do bagels. We'll do babka. We'll do cornbread. We'll do challah. Bread. I was challah. trying to find one that started with C as well. Oh, there yeah. You go. There you challah. go. So holla at us on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Taffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni if you want to hear us talk about your bread of choice. Uh, but of course, man does not live by bread alone. So if you want to help us make the show even better by giving us some money to live off of as well, mm-hmm. head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. Like Teffer just said, for as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, and Rachel. And I didn't mix up the order this time at all. Pew, 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 mic drop, air horn, etc. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability, as previously mentioned, to request topics for episodes of the show. Tell us what bread to use. You also get access to an exclusive Discord where we talk mm-hmm. about food, show each other food pictures, uh, uh, talk about recipes. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. So if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and please make it happen. Yeah. You can also put us all over your bodies Do at it. the merch link in the description. Um, and get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over in the pod cavern that's right that's right you can put us on your body on your cat's body on your neighbor's body buy some of our merch for your neighbor they'll be like oh thanks for this gift i don't listen to that yeah and then maybe they'll listen to it 
Maybe they will. Won't you be our neighbor? And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingrained in the Membrane Ingles, and our cover art is by David Insane in the Grain Flam. <laughs> you can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but absolutely not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni and Tevra Jemian. That's me. And edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next week for episode 100. Woo! Boo, boo, boo. Send us your questions. Breadwinner. You want to understand. Oh, we didn't make a breadwinner joke. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity... He's actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with that. We're we're doing a pro, it's a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite podcatcher app. See you there. Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top five sandwich toppings, top five movies of the year, top five celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top five list. That's where my podcast comes in. My name is Tung La and I am the host of Ranked, top five lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there to create a top five list of any and every topic we can think of, like top five brunch menu items, top five fictional dogs, top five 90 songs, top five Steve's. The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for ranked top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five.